Hello and welcome to the Marysville Church of Christ podcast. This is Heritage and my name is Bishop. I'll be your host today. Today we find ourselves in the ancient city, Rome, respected through antiquity as one of the most incredible works of engineering. You have aqueducts bringing fresh water into the city and sewage out of the city. You have heated floors under many of the homes, the Colosseum, amphitheaters, courts, stages, platforms all throughout the city. A complex series of roads that allows a person to travel anywhere they need to go relatively quickly. And yet today we're not going to find ourselves standing in the Colosseum or amongst the beautiful villas. No, we're not going to find ourselves standing in the courthouse or in the Senate buildings. Today we find ourselves in the squalor, in a tiny little shack that houses a single mom and a very young boy, a boy named Clement. Clement was a Roman freedman, his family having been slaves, recently discovering their freedom, trying to make it on their own in this packed and busy city of Rome. Clement's mother was a Greek by descent, and a very pious one at that, constantly caring for, giving credence to, and care uh, for the Roman deities, the pantheon. But Clement was a little bit of a skeptic, very strong-willed, very short temper, and very curious. And the stories and the legends that his mom used to tell him just didn't quite fulfill his curiosity or answer the questions he needed answered. That all changed one day when he was introduced to a new group of radicals called the Christians in Rome. Now, we don't know how he was found or what it looked like, but it might have gone something like this. Hearing the rumors in the streets, because if you ever want to hear rumors, you always go to the squalor, he began to hear of a sect of people meeting, a sect of people that were doing incredible things like healing the sick, caring for the poor, and all-around odd activity. The curiosity, something that Clement always struggled with, was piqued, and he found himself inching closer and closer towards the church at Rome. Now, he was immediately caught. The attention of others caught him. Andronicus, maybe, Junia, perhaps it was Phoebe. And they brought the young boy into the church meeting inside of a house, and there he was first taught about Jesus, about the story of the 12 young men that cared for and followed him, about the women that were there as well, and how Jesus constantly empowered all of them to change the world. He would have first there heard the story of Jesus' death, burial, and his resurrection, his defeat of evil, and his conquest of darkness. And now finally, Clement had the answers he was looking for. It didn't take long after that that young Clement began to become very involved in the church in Rome. First, he would just come and he would chant the chants, listen to the lectures. But eventually he began to give some of the lectures, feverishly studying the Jewish scriptures and feverishly studying under the feet of others who would come traveling through. Right around the time that he started ministering to the church himself, giving the lectures every week. 
a man came to town, a man named Peter. Peter, the legendary guy from the stories that Clement had grown up on, was like a hero to him. And so Clement went to Peter and learned everything he could. Over the next couple of weeks, him and Peter would do a lot together. Peter would take time studying with this young man, caring for this young man, teaching this young man. There was even a time where one of the biggest enemies of the early church, Simon Magus, Simon the Magician, reared his ugly head, and Clement and Peter together worked to stop his influence. When Peter left, he was back in charge, Clement, empowered and ready to change Rome. But he wouldn't have very long. In the year 60 AD, another man came to visit. This one, much more interesting to Clement, a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus. Now, Saul was a persecutor of Christians, and many people believe that he was a recent turn to Christianity, but Clement had his doubts. In fact, so much so that Clement tried multiple times to get Paul to not come to the city of Rome, often writing to him, encouraging him to stay away, encouraging other Christians to stop him from coming, afraid of what this man could bring to his church. But he quickly learned that his fears were not valid. For when Paul first stepped foot in that church to the time he left, every single thing about Clement would change. Clement would spend the next part of his life traveling with Paul all throughout his missionary journeys, meeting and helping churches all across the world. But most notably, he took a very big interest in the Church of Corinth. The Church of Corinth had a lot going on. The Corinthian crisis is what it's called. There was a lot of division and hatred, and the church there was going to sink. Paul wrote at least three letters to that church to try to save it, but it was Clement and his letter that really helped stabilize it finally. His epistle, 1 Clement, is the oldest non-biblical document we have of, uh, from Christianity, written before John wrote many of his documents. And it helped stabilize Corinth once and for all. He would make several trips out to Corinth before the death of Paul, trying his best to help keep things stable, to stop the Corinthian crisis from spreading. And he was successful in doing it. But when Paul was imprisoned, and Paul was on his deathbed before he was executed by the Roman emperor, Clement found himself back home, back in the city of his youth, back in the squalor, this time with his friend and companion. Clement was there when Paul was beheaded. He was there to help care for the body. He was there to mourn with the church in Rome as the great Paul of Tarsus had died. But his work didn't stop. Simon Magus was still an enemy that was trying to disrupt the church. Nero was still persecuting the Christians after the fire of Rome. And there was so much more that was happening. Over the next couple of years, he would see a couple of other forms of persecution. Nero's and then Domitian's. And he watched as many of his friends and comrades died. Multiple times he found himself on trial, but he refused to back down. Until eventually, until eventually he did something that couldn't be undone. One day in the middle of a poverty-stricken uh, time under the reign of Domitian, there was a huge fight that broke out in the city. 
as there was a lot of people hungry and looking for food. The Church of Rome, trying to stop the fight, came out and began to feed people. And they would pass bread and pass bread and pass bread, but for whatever reason, every time Clement would touch the bread, there was always just a little bit more there. Until everyone in the city got to be healed. Hunger, uh, their hunger sated, full and content. Marmantius, or Marmantinus, was the governor there, the prefect of the city. And he began to hear about these Christians and what they were doing. Afraid that the Christians were going to use this as an insurrection, decided that they were going, he was going to go through and break up the, the Christian movement. And he tried to, but the city of Rome actually rebelled against him, causing a huge riot in the streets as people came to defend the Christians. Marmentinus, not being afraid to put in uh, incredible force, brought in the Roman legions to put down the riot once and for all, capturing Clement, this time without trial, and banishing him to the Crimea Peninsula, where he was going to work at a marble quarry. As Clement was leaving Rome, there was, a, there was a lot of tears shed, a lot of sadness in the city, not just from the Christians, but also from all of those that he had helped. But he left behind a series of letters and encouragements and left the city itself into the hands of the next leader of the Roman church. When Clement arrived in the Crimean Peninsula there at the Marble Quarry, he realized that there was many Christians who had been sent there as a form of punishment. Christians who were too important for the emperor to kill, but important enough that they needed to leave Rome. And Clement began to see the terrible shape they were in, all of them emaciated, all of them hungry, all of them just on the brink of death. The reason why is because they would have to work on the marble quarry, and they were only given two water breaks a day, but the nearest stream was six miles away, round trip, three miles there, three miles back. And they would make the prisoners, after the hard day of work, walk the three miles to get water, then walk back and continue working. Clement, seeing the unfair nature of this, prayed to God that God would deliver them like he had in the time of Moses. And at that very moment, a lamb, broken out of a pen, walked up to the top of a hill and laid down. Clement, thinking this is a sign, grabbed his pickaxe and walked up there. And hit the ground. And just like the water in the time of Moses that flew from the rock, so a stream of clear water began to bubble up and run down the side of the hill, creating a living spring of water that the Christians drank and drank to their contentment. The Roman guards were furious at this, him having once again defied the Roman emperor. And here he was standing hundreds of miles away from his original starting point, still standing in contradiction to the Roman power. And so this time the emperor had a new punishment. He was going to be thrown off of a ship in the Black Sea with an anchor tied to him. And that is how Clement met his martyrdom, cast into the Black Sea. But every year, Christians from all across the, all across the Roman Empire would come to the edge of the Black Sea to celebrate Clement. And as legend has it, every day that they would come in the celebration of Clement, there would be an ebbing and a flowing of water. As the living water that flew from the mountain that started at the cross didn't stop with death. Clement changed the world, changed Rome, 
stopped the Corinthian crisis, fought some Simon Magus, and became a legend. A legend that's a part of our heritage. A heritage. Thousands of years old, made by the blood, sweat, and tears of men and women like Clement.